0: Hi, I'm Rebecca Gallardo, the host of Alone in a Room with Invisible People. I am here today with author and teacher Holly Lyle, and our topic is competition versus cooperation between writers. Um, Before we get into our topic, just as always, we're going to discuss how we went about our week. And Holly, you first.
1: Um, I did a lot of writing this week, Um, over 7,000 words of fiction, um, I think 4 or 5,000 words of lesson and um, uh, worksheets and stuff like that. A uh, bunch bunch of blogging. Um, this week, I did 1500, words on Dead Man's party and Mike um, got my characters in some serious, awesome trouble. Um, my, the titular Dead Man is in really big trouble right now. Uh, Emerald Sun I got 1500 words on that the kids are in trouble um, really big trouble and uh, that's this very start I got the book started this week I actually got the first couple of scenes done and oh my god it's so nice to be back in that world and uh, the Witchbone Conspiracy uh, I wrote 4,000 words on that this week and Katie and Tangerine are oh Katie is in trouble uh, and Tangerine showed up, which uh, Tangerine was this one-scene character from uh, Hunting Corkin's Blood. And there are some rules that you follow with, with characters, one of which is if you don't want them to ever show up again, you don't fucking name them. And yeah. <laughs> not only did I name him, I made him funny and interesting, and I liked him when I met him, and all of a sudden, in, in the back of my mind, I knew that he wasn't who he was. And this was way back in, in Hunting the Corrigan's Blood in, what, 1997, something like that, when I wrote that damn thing? It must have been
0: 96, because yeah. it was
1: published in 97. You're right. So, yeah, 1996. And he has been riding around in the back of my head, and he did not show up in Warpaint. Uh, he did not show up in any of the... Uh, uh, Longview? Longview series, thank you. But I was writing along in a scene, and all of a sudden he showed up in this scene. And not only did he show up in it, he stole it. And not only did he steal it, it, steal it, steal it, <laughs> but he became an important character in the book, just like that. And he's getting his own book. You know, it's like book seven or book eight and what I'm planning as a ten-book series. But he showed up here, and... <laughs> Damn if he didn't make himself necessary to the plot of the book. And I was so happy to see him back. So that was my fiction week then and and I got uh, the uh, a really good lesson and a really good worksheet done this week for how to write a novel. And I'm gonna hand it over to you.
0: Oh mine, mine is just really short because I, I was taking off two weeks for the cooldown period before the revision. And I just started brain dumping. Cause I know we had the discussion about um, what I after my taxes, <laughs> my dismal income, and uh, that I want to make fiction the focus this year. Yeah. So I started brain dumping all of these ideas, and um, even though this this week has been taxes heavy and I've been really busy doing other things, I have been trying to make sure that I make time to figure out where I'm going to go, what I'm going to do, uh, what the next round is and I think after the podcast today we're gonna to be talking fiction for for me and um self pubbing versus the traditional figuring out what I wanna do with, with what series. So yeah. um that really has been an eye opener. And also, um I've been reading rereading Atomic Habits and there was another book that I just started reading that was um I don't know, I'll have to mention it at a different time. But I'm rereading Atomic Habits. Oh, Deep Work. Rereading Deep Work by, I think, Cal Newton or something. mm mm-hmm. um, And it just, it kind of strikes you because you start to see all the unnecessary shit in your life. All the things that you're doing that you don't do. You start to wonder about, like, okay, well, I was more prolific at this point in my life. What was going on? And how can I how can I kind of bring back that prolific bit? But, you know, I, it's not like you want to go back in the past. So I have. Right. It's, it's,
1: it's, how can I move forward into yeah the prolific bits. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I'm looking, um, like yesterday, I just started absolutely decluttering for about an hour, just, just, hour and a half just finding all of these things that were completely unnecessary um it's so cool yeah well it's it's i it's me making space for this person that i want to be and part of the thing in atomic habits that he says is it's not building these habits it's it's not just that it's it's identifying with the person you want to be so for instance when he says um this like he uses smoking as an example. One person says, you know, they're offered a cigarette and one person says, No thanks, I'm trying to quit. The other person says, No, I'm not a smoker. It's about the identity. So you need to decide like who you want to be. And this is this is what I had done when I was an art when I you know wanted to be an artist. This was the switch in my head, just like with you and the writer. You need to choose who you want to be and then your actions have to, you know, portray that that identity that you have. So that's when you start making habits stick is habits built around this identity of the person you want to be. So part of that is getting rid of a whole bunch of shit that is just cluttering up my house and it's amazing that stuff can be there and not do anything but it's still taking up visual and mental space. Mhm. That was one of the bigger eye-opening things is is that it just getting rid of something that has been sitting there for a long time clears up a certain amount of room in your brain to continue doing other things. Yeah. So, yeah, did <laughs> six years of decluttering and it still and it still surprises me. And and just for anybody listening, I my mom called me a pack rat. That is a euphemism. <laughs> I was I was for sure a hoarder. My husband and I lived in a seven hundred square foot, six hundred square foot studio apartment. It, it was you guys really,
1: really tiny. <laughs> yeah.
0: And um we ended up filling a twenty six foot Penske to the door like we had trouble shutting it, and then we also had to fill our Ford Taurus up with more stuff. So yeah, I I <laughs> see it's that identity thing. I was a hoarder, but no, I am a hoarder, and I have to be careful of this. So yeah, <laughs> that was my week. My week has been um, figuring out where I want to go next. Uh, we talked about how to revise your novel. I will be starting to do Glass House soon. For all of you who voted, I am going to put Take a Chance on Me uh, out of its misery in that in that voting <laughs> poll. Going <laughs> to call time and death on that one, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I should have done that <laughs> months ago. But yeah, we can shut down the poll, obviously. It's not going to have a hail mary for you know last minute votes.
1: So yes, seven hundred people show up and go, no, no, the first novel. Yes, <laughs> yes.
0: So that was my week.
1: Oh, uh-huh, that well, that sounds that is a really good week. And damn it, sometimes you've got to just take a break. So before we step into our actual topic today, I want to just t- take a, a, l- a second to kind of sideline into something that I discovered, have been discovering, am kind of getting kicked in the butt with because I feel stupid for not having discovered it way before this. Um, Like I said, I mentioned that I got like 7,000 words of of fiction this week, not including my regular work stuff, got all of my stuff done, have not been working crazy extra hours. Um, And this has been revelatory for me because... (sighs) I have been, I I don't even know how to say this. I have been thinking that it is going to take me as long to write a novel independently as it took me to write one commercially, that I could plan on one book a year, maximum. And I was thinking that would be an appropriate pace and that would be good enough. And I haven't even really been doing that because things got, well, you know, Things got really shitty there for a while um, with the, the possibility that I had a brain tumor and then, the, and then the fact that I had tongue cancer and then a bunch of surgeries and, and the website breaking. And I got really, really diverted away from my fiction and kind of lost my way for a while. But coming back to it, I still had the wrong mindset. I had this mindset of I will do one book a year because that's what writers do and then i started doing dead man's party while writing how to write a novel which is a massive class i mean it has it has bells and whistles and and uh, a flying monkey <laughs> it's just everything is it's oh my god it's such a big class and there's so much work to it because each page has all of this stuff that goes into it and you have to put together an assignment and a worksheet and a lesson and demos and the novel and the novel in print form and uh, the video of me writing the novel live and then um, all of the discussions I'm doing on the forum And you start listing this stuff and you think, okay, well, I really can't do anything else. But then I was writing Dead Man's Party for one hour a day. And the novel will be done when I finish the class because I set it up that way: fifteen hundred and fifteen words, one chapter per lesson from week five on. Full-length novel, fifty thousand words. I figured it to come out to that amount. I have nailed the deadline every time, and that's only writing fiction one day a week. And I now
0: okay. So you said one one hour a day. Right. And you said writing Dead Man's Party.
1: Right. But that was. But that now is, you just
0: said writing fiction one day a week. Right. That was so only writing
1: fiction one day a week. That was one novel that will be done in just a couple of, in just a few months when I finish the class. And a full length novel one day a week. And okay, I thought, So not well, one hour a day. Yeah. Well, it's one hour per day. It was. It was one hour. I was getting 1,515 okay. words in about one hour. But one hour a day. Of one day of uh, a week. Uh, one week, right? One okay. hour. just I just want that clarified oh, because yeah. it
0: can be very confusing if it's an hour a day and then you're, you know. And it's a day but a week, it's an right? Hour. Yes. Yeah.
1: It's one hour per day per week. Yeah. And in the back of my mind, this little bell finally went off, and it said, "Wait a minute! You've got the same amount of time each morning, and if you're not thinking about writing one novel a year." How many novels a year could you do? Let's try writing another novel. So I brought up Wishbone, uh, the Wishbone Conspiracy. I abbreviated it as Wishbone no, it in my was, mind.
0: It was Emerald Sun, wasn't it? Well, no, that was. That,
1: that came second. That was the thing that I was going to do, but I mm-hmm. st- was still working on background for that, so I couldn't start writing it. Hmm. So. Uh, that was in the back of my mind and it was, that was still paced at the concept of novel per year. So I was going to put the background together. And once I got the background together, I was going to figure out my plot. once I figured out my plot, I was going to start writing. But in the meantime, I thought, well, I still got some time here. Let me see what I can do with the wishbone conspiracy. And I started in, I knocked out an outline in a day. Uh, I started writing almost immediately. And the voice fell into place because I've been writing that 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 series and those characters uh, recently with the whole Longview Longview uh, series, um, so then I thought, well, okay, so maybe I could also I, if I if I did one day a week on Dead Man's Party and two days a week uh, one one to two hours a day on the Wishbone Conspiracy, um, and then let's say one hour a day on, uh, for two days a week on Emerald Sun. Let's see how that goes. So I had finished my outline for that. So I started writing it and it is going great. It is going great. And, and all of a sudden this entire Vista has opened up for me with the realization that I can do these words, um, that I can get this amount of work done while also doing a whole bunch of other work. And I am looking at the possibility of becoming religious about doing four books a year. Uh, And this is four novels written, revised the way I revise them, and I am brutal, Uh, bug-hunted typeset, made beautiful, uh, and, and, and then published. Uh, I, my objective is now four books a year. And if you want to see how this is going, I am blogging my words on my blog, uh, It's just, you you can find it right on the front page. Um, on, on this little, uh, revelation that I had at this point in my life that no, one book a year is fine. If you were doing commercial publishing and you've got a publisher and you've got, uh, um, as somebody who's out there flogging and promoting and doing stuff like that for you, but four books a year for an indie? Uh four good quality, full length ninety thousand wordish novels, that's doable. And that's that's what I'm shooting for.
0: And now the reason that you had brought this up you said that it was really important to
1: mention. Because I have been, thank you for getting me back to that, Um, I have been reading uh, a number of books by writers who are making bank on Amazon, who are just absolutely hauling in the loot. And (laughs) they are saying the bare minimum number of books that you can do per year and make a full-time living from this is four books a year. And I was reading that and thinking, my God, there's no way anybody, you can't do that and write good books. And then I found out, yes, in fact, you can. um, Because I am maintaining the standards I have always maintained. I am only writing fiction two hours a day because I have so many other things I absolutely have to do on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. And Mondays, I'm only writing one hour a day because after that I have to do the the video formatting and everything else that goes with that because that's Mm -hmm. an entirely different layer of oh my god. But, but I'm getting, I am doing four, nine, two, four, six, eight, nine, nine hours of fiction a week. Um, I would love for my Patreon to catch up with me. But, <laughs> and yeah, because right now I'm getting five hours of fiction a week funded. Uh, and it would really be helpful to have, have that whole thing funded. But you know, so if you guys are into that, uh, yay guys. Uh, if not, I, I'm still doing it because uh, this is the thing that is going to allow me to do the thing that I want to do more. Yeah, and it's feeding you. Yeah, and it is feeding me. It is feeding my soul, even if it isn't right at the moment, feeding my pocket. Yeah. <laughs>
0: well, that's um, that's also what you kind of... See, now, I have tried that before. When I was writing under the, the pen name, and I was also trying to write um, the fiction that I was originally going to try to publish, either Glass House or there was another book that I had started, too. Um and i tried to write two different things at once i i i couldn't i don't know what it was like i told you maybe it was because it was romance or something at the time i i could not wrap my brain around the different works but at the same time um i had never actually finished something all the way to a revision using the how to revise your novel i had never submitted anything before not truly to a traditional publication so i am i'm looking to try it again um i actually figured on writing four books a year because it was writing in one one month revising
1: in the next one or two and then getting it out yeah but that is a a perfectly legitimate system too Uh, what mm -hmm. i'm doing now is an experiment and i think it's probably a little nuts yeah, but who else did it did you say oh piers anthony was always but but piers anthony was writing a series so what i'm i'm doing this on lunatic level okay I'm just this is just absolutely bugfuck crazy um what he did was he would write one book uh, he would revise the second book the 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 previous book in the series and then he would be planning the third book in the series each right. day and he would and this was this was his full-time job he would write first. He would revise second. He would plan third, and okay. it was a brilliant system. And he got all of those. Um, um, God, I can't remember the name of his series, and I read all of them. Uh, <laughs> uh, but that's okay. Yeah, but so he, the
0: the your plan is just three completely different novels right now. Right. This being this written is at is not the same actually, time.
1: <laughs> This is not my plan. This is an experiment because okay. I promised people that I would get the Moon and Sun book done, and Mm -hmm. I had to start it. But I want to write the Wishbone Conspiracy because it's been just hanging in the back of my mind, and I had to write Dead Man's Party, but Mm -hmm. now I'm absolutely hooked on it too. The only reason I can say that I think this works for me right now and, and why I don't think it is something I will be doing in this fashion again I think from now on, after I get these three books done, I will write one book and just write the hell out of it, and then I will revise that book, and then I will get that book done while starting to write the next one, or maybe planning the next one while I'm writing the first one. But um, the only reason I think this works is because one of the books I'm writing is fantasy. It It is YA high fantasy. That's the Moon and Sun novel. One of them is far future science fiction, and... Uh, That's that's wishbone conspiracy, and then the third one, Dead Man's Party, is near future, post apocalyptic, um, real current Earth with uh, some some relatively high tech. So they are all three completely different books, and there's no bleed over between them. There are no connections. There's no place where I get lost, where I accidentally shift voice. Because the voices for them are completely different. It's like each day I'm somebody different, mm-hmm. and and that is a poss- that is relatively easy to do. If I were trying to write three novels in the same series simultaneously, I think my head would explode.
0: Okay. Plus, you you have a lot. Um... Of years of experience too so well, so yeah. <laughs> this is not
1: something that you are
0: suggesting other people to
1: no 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 I am like I said I'm doing this on just absolute nutso mode this is this is not this is not something that you want to do this way because this is me experimenting I am pushing the 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 edges of my own boundaries and you know I've I've done uh you know a bunch of millions of words of fiction by this point um and i don't even know how many millions but but more than millions uh so yeah you know this is i'm I'm writing from a a point of significant experience with this Uh, yeah
0: yeah (laughs) yeah okay well speaking of the experience and the having been in the industry for a while i think that this is um a very good segue into the topic. Oh, on the one topic. <laughs> yes. So this this is uh, this topic. I know has always been something that you have been very passionate, <laughs> passionately
1: opinionated about.
0: <laughs> it is competition versus cooperation between writers. So go ahead. And
1: this is a big deal. This is this is such a big deal, and I have seen I have seen so many people who get this wrong and and who ruin other writers, and who ruin themselves. And it's, it's painful to watch, and it is absolutely unnecessary. Um, what we're looking for when we write is to create something magnificent that someone else will enjoy. And we get to define our standard of magnificence We get to define, we get to create our own world. We get to own a whole world, or in my case, a whole bunch of whole worlds that belong to me. I invented them. They live in my head. The characters, I make them up. I own them. And every other writer who writes does the same thing. Every other writer who has this magnificent dream of doing something cool, they can do with just, you know, fingers on a keyboard or hands on a pen on a piece of paper and, and sitting in a room alone with invisible people that they run through their brains has this same magnificent dream. And it's a hard dream. Okay. The idea that you can, can create these people, that's not hard. The idea that you can put them on paper, that's not hard but the idea of doing it well enough that you can get other people to want to pay you money for for participating in the stuff that runs through your brain that's hard that's hard and it takes work and it takes practice and it takes shared experience where one person can discover something and they can keep it to themselves or they can say, Hey, you know what? Um, this is how I did this. I figured it out. I think it's pretty cool. And if they do that, they add to the community of writers. Uh, my website, I started doing this before I had even been published when I was doing a newsletter for our writers group. And every, every, I think I did one a month. And every time I sat down and did one, um, I wrote a little article on what I had learned that month from writing. And uh, I, that th- at that time, I was the only writer in the writer's group who had actually finished a novel. I was <laughs> the only writer in the writer's group who had an entire shoebox full of rejection slips. None of us had published a damn thing. I wish I still had copies of that
0: little Schrodinger's Pet Newsletter. Yeah, the Schrodinger's thing. Pet
1: Shop. That was, that yeah. was um, well, a lot of them... I republished on my website when I got my very first website um, because I thought, hey, you know, somebody might might like to read these, and the, and the guys in my writers group liked them, and that became and those articles are still on my current website along with uh, like 90,000 words of other articles on how to write that I figured out over the years and just put up common knowledge. It wasn't common knowledge. It was my discoveries, my inventions, but um, my ways of going about things that I thought other writers might find useful. And you
0: started the... The forward motion. Yeah, I started forward motion,
1: and uh, for you know a bunch of years, I, I just paid for it out of my own pocket. I never made a dime off of the thing; it damn near broke me. And then we had a, an attempted coup, and that was the end of it for me for some years, where I just said, "That's it, I'm out." Um, I gave it to I gave the website to a friend, and walked away and wrote books. But the thing is, I really like writers. And I, like, I really like hanging out with writers and talking to writers. I love talking shop. Um, I love just digging in and, and discussing the shit that we have discovered and how we do things differently and how we see things differently because when you're talking to other writers, they'll do something differently than you do it. But if they explain why, you can look at that and you go, you know what? that's a really good idea and i have never tried that and that might help me with this problem and you know by by sharing back and forth with each, with each other by by discussing and talking shop by helping each other figure out how to make our work's better we all get better and better is the objective and i need to explain why now um there are, there are fewer readers per capita now than there were in the past because there are so many other forms of entertainment. There are so many other things that are easier. It is so much easier to sit down and watch television or to listen to a podcast or to um, play a video game or, or just sit and stare at your phone on social media for hours on end. Yes, yes, or, or to, to read emails, or, to, yeah, or uh, just... I don't know
0: that very many people do that yeah, well, <laughs> anymore.
1: That's true. It, it probably, <laughs> They'll just sit there
0: and watch YouTube, or... Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, watch YouTube, or there are a million different things you can be doing instead of reading them, and, and all of them require less of you, than reading because reading is a participatory activity in which the writer creates something that the reader then has to imagine. And reading is really good for your brain, but it's not easy. It requires that you step into somebody else's brain and read their mind. And you know, that's sitting there and and playing video games and believe me, I am a big video game player. I like them. but sitting there playing a video game does not require anything from you but some button pushes and some nice reflexes. Occasionally, if you're doing something like Myst, uh, it does require a certain amount of, of thinking things through. But most games are not like that. Most games are fast twitch. And I like those too. But, <laughs> but when the, the entire demographic of readers has other things that they can do. We have to up our game. We as writers have to get better. We have to write stuff that is at least as good as the video game that that person has as their alternative. Because if we lose them, if we're boring, if we're slow, they will put the book down, they will go do some other activity, and they won't come back. So for each of us to do this, we have to get better. We have to get good, which is one of those little video game phrases that apparently gets people damn near punched in real life where where the phrase is get good bro when somebody does not um, do well in a competition of, of any sort in a video game. Well, in writing it's not like that. It's get good is is something that we can get better at if we help each other. Now, here's the dark side of that. Um, I've been in writers groups. You know, this is this is not new shit for me. Uh, a lot of you have been in writers groups. And every once in a while, there is this one person who will show up, or every once in a while, there are these several people who show up who think it is their duty in life to crush the competition. And they did give nasty, nasty negative reviews. They um, ignore the rules of this is what we are here for. They think that because they have written the whole book, they are somehow better than everybody else who at that point, at that point pretty much everybody had written the whole book. And we had this one woman show up who was just horrible. Um, and this was in Schrodinger's Pet Shop. This was ages ago. A horrible writer or No, a she was a person. horrible person. Okay. She was a horrible person. Every review she had was determined, was designed specifically to make the person who received it feel bad, to, to make them feel small and incompetent, um, to, to, to just crush their spirit and make them want to quit. And after the second meeting she attended, um, I kept everybody else behind and said, Look, guys. We have to change the rules because Schroding's, Schrodinger's Pet Shop at that point did have member rules, but we didn't have anything about removing somebody. And I said, we have to fix this because this is not what we are about. And we, <laughs> we put together the rules. We sent out the revised rules. We sent her a copy of the revised rules. And along with the revised rules that I mailed out, I said, by the way, um, you are no longer invited to meetings. Uh, we took a vote and uh your attitude was and your intent to constantly um make the people around you feel small and bad and worthless does not fit with what we are trying to do in the group and we got rid of her um and she was really bitchy about that too but um this was this was a hard thing to do because people don't like to hurt other people's feelings unless they are the people who do I know that you have had some experiences with negative stuff too. So before, oh, yeah. <laughs> before we go any further, without you know, naming names or pointing fingers, just explain what you dealt with.
0: Um, well, there's there's been a number of occasions, but like two specific types of people I can kind of lump them in. One is the... Um, person who believes themselves to be very very brilliant um just doesn't have time (laughs) to um do the actual writing but has you know amazing ideas and you know so unique and brilliant they're going to be the next harry Potter. well jk rowling
1: as soon as Um, they decide it's time to sit down and write
0: or in Or whenever they give the book idea to someone that they can trust that their writing is good enough and they'll split it. But yeah, um, if you get somebody like this who who is offering to uh, critique your work, realize it's not about your work. It's about making themselves feel superior. Mm -hmm. So just decline. That kind of bug hunter and or beta reader and or quote, help unquote. <laughs> um, the next one is um, this, the one that I believe Holly is referring to is somebody who, like like this woman um that you were talking about, I don't, I, I didn't necessarily know. I didn't see it as her seeing me as competition or anything like that, which, you know, you could be right. I, I don't know. I don't know her brain, but, um, she kept referring to herself as a professional with experience she said that she had, um, you know, this was her, that, that writing was her job in some fashion that she was a writer. Um, and I, was looking for bug hunters and had posted it and she offered and I thought okay that's cool and she basically tore the entire book apart not from a bug hunter stand not even from a another writer's perspective really because she didn't come across as somebody who ever creates anything she she was horribly unprofessional as well so I'm not not sure what she does as far as her her supposed writing career Mm -hmm. or or what because she was one of the most unprofessional people I've ever I've ever had anything come back from so I'm I'm again I'm not sure what what exactly she does for a living or how she thinks it relates to what I do, but it was not a fit. um she basically tore into who I was by destroying or attempting to destroy the light and the happiness in the book, the goodness in the book, the 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 man woman relationship she I don't know if people realize how much they give away of themselves when they attempt to tear somebody else down because you have a lot of vulnerability in your heart, and your soul, in your life. You know, the past leaves you with these scars and some of us are, you know, we try to keep them from... Rebreaking in the world, you know. So we put shells on, or we put defenses up. But when we spew a lot of hate and anger and frustration at another person, we don't understand how much of our own scars we're showing. So I'm not entirely sure what exactly her problem was, but she hated the fact that there was even a man in the story. Apparently.
1: <laughs> in in probably in the shouldn't be reading male female romance in that case. Yeah, and
0: I mean I <laughs> clarified with everybody before they they read the book. I'm like it's it's a romance. It's not erotica. It's has sex scenes. It's um you know, it's man woman because I have a, a lot of stuff that was man man. Mm-hmm. I have some stuff that was woman woman and this one was this you know, that's what I was writing. I was writing MF. And everything was okay, but, you know, he came, and what, what amazed me was the fact that, to me, the, the main character, the love interest, the male, was very, he, he, I was writing him as a caring person, as, as, you know, somebody who, who worried about her, but according to this particular reader, you know, he was very aggressive and, dominant and and a bully
1: and controlling and and he wasn't I, any of those things he was yeah. just a guy he was very testosterone and i really liked him I
0: I, <laughs> I I mean it's just that perception yeah so but she tore down everything every single there was there was no good and if somebody reviews your stuff and doesn't point out the things that they liked or the good things about your story realized that that might too be somebody trying out to to destroy your work or to put you down or to make themselves feel better and she joked which is the 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 part Mm -hmm. that was so unprofessional there were there were many places where she would she was
1: snarky it wasn't joking It it was it wasn't
0: even i can understand snark this was this was oh my god this was basically oh my god you are such a bad writer lol uh-huh. that's basically you know and and she she would tell me to look up words because you know like look this up because this is what the scene this is what this entire scene is and it's and it would be something like melodrama or um uh, saccharine basically <laughs> <laughs> And it it just she was a douchebag, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she it, was. it was somebody who just was so angry and embittered and and frustrated, and I don't know why, but they took it out on another writer. Yeah. and again, I don't know if she's actually a writer. I have no idea. I I, I have learned to vet my bug hunters. Mm
1: hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. But this is important <laughs> because. I don't want other people to go through this kind of thing because even with my, I've had years of experience, I've had my mom, you know, as, as a, as a critic and a, um, critiquer and a, you know, bug hunter. And she, when she says she's brutal, it, I mean, that's, it's true. You know, if, if something doesn't have a point, it's, you know, and it doesn't matter what age I was, it was like, well, what's the point of this? Right. You know, so... That to me is brutal. This this was an attempted assassination, I guess. Yeah. I don't know what this girl was doing, yeah, but that's it. That was that was the attempt to wipe out the competition. I I just I don't I don't know. Again, I I don't see her in her head, but I think she's just a very very angry, depressed, sad person that takes everything out on other people, including unfortunately men. So I feel very bad for her you know her husband but if if you are a person and you're getting this kind of of feedback you know
1: it's it, not it's you. hard
0: yeah it's hard to realize that though yeah. because even after dealing with you know years and years and years of I've had bad reviews I've had shitty people come to me and, and say stuff mm-hmm. but don't it, it, it's it's hard to say. Don't take it personally, but work on it. Work on not taking it personally. Work on not listening to it. Work on finding other people to review your stuff. Even if this is a spouse, even if this is a this is a, a family member, don't trust them to do your your critiques anymore. Find somebody else. Find somebody at Holly'sWritingClasses.com. Some somewhere where somebody will be honest and not detrimental to your future. Because that was that was hard for even me. To, to get over because you have to lift the blinders off. And the, looking at it now, I can see what it was. Looking at it the first time, it just, it was crushing. Yeah. And that was, that was the intention. Right. Whether or not she saw me as competition or not, her point wasn't to help. Her point was to hurt. And there is a difference between not being able to take criticism and, and realizing something isn't criticism in the first place. Right,
1: yeah. You have to be able to identify assassination attempts. And one one of the things that we do in the Holly's Writing Classes community, we have rules. And the rule is if you are doing a crit, you mention the good first. Uh, you mention the bad as constructively as possible. Uh, you do not ever attack the writer. You, you discuss the writing, not the writer. You do not ever make those little side-of-the-mouth side, side of the mouth, snide jokes about how the writer needs to learn something. Um, because we will kick your ass out if you do that. If we get a complaint and they can verify it by demonstrating to me that this is in fact what, what you wrote, you're out. And I have only had to remove two people in the last... God, as long as the site has been there, I've only had to remove two people. But I removed them. There's one thing about Holly is that she's she's a bit um,
0: of a reaction-based person. And if you, (laughs) if there is cause, there's no, oh, well, you know, maybe, well, this person has a lot of my class. No, it's, it's, oh, you did
1: what? All right, bye. Yeah, (laughs) because you don't attack other writers. Yeah. And I have some really good reasons for this. And I'm going to go back to my days in Sifwa to my brand new membership days in the Science Fiction Writers of America, which I used to belong to and which I don't anymore. Another story off topic here. There was my first novel came out. My first novel got me just a bunch of readers because it did really well for a first novel. And, um, there was this reviewer from a newspaper I shall not mention who was also a SiFWA member. And he wrote a really nasty thing about me to the other, on, on what was then the genie boards. It was the precursor to the internet. Um, it was this bulletin board system set up by General Electric, uh, and the science fiction writers of America had their little topics in it. And uh, it was the first time that you could just you could be anywhere, in the United States or anywhere in the world. I, th- I think there were people from England and everything there at the time, but um, th- where you could sit and talk to other writers without having to actually have met them face-to-face, without actually having to be in the same room. It was amazing, and it was wonderful, and it, was, it, it had some douchebags, and this guy was one of them, and the thing that he said that really stung me Was, and and he used his position of authority as this big, big newspaper book reviewer was uh, frightfully prolific, but not yet good. Um, I had at that point one novel out, one, one novel in print, frightfully prolific, but not yet good. I had a contract for a second that was going to be coming out within the next year. Um, and contracts for two more for the next, you know, that I was working on uh, or working toward. And I was I was hurt. And I said, well, you know, what did you not like about the, the novel? And he said, well, I didn't read it, but people have told me. Wow. Okay, right there, that's an asshole. Yeah. Okay, somebody who is going to... Um, assault you based not on a book they've read, but on a book someone else told them that they didn't like, um, and to use a position of authority to try to, to diminish you, that the, uh, the only thing that is is an asshole. So, but then uh, he said, uh, I was told that you misused the word midden to mean lunch, and I said, uh, let me explain. I developed a language for those people in which the words medias deen" was abbreviated over a period of some centuries to midden, which means the midday meal. The, book, the word was italicized in the book, denoting that it was a foreign language word, and it was described in the index at the back. And my editor laughed her fucking ass off. Because he did not reply to that, see because our editors were in there too, and she had seen me getting sniped by this jerk and um this jerk who had not read my book but decided to to try to trash me uh, yeah. and and I have I have never been a tender little flower ever. no, no. And uh, I ripped him and she laughed. She thought it was so great. She was so happy <laughs> but the thing is this that there are people out there who think that this is a zero sum game okay and let me explain zero sum game to me to to you it means that there are a fixed number of readers there are a fixed number of writers there are, there are a fixed number of dollars that can be spent on fiction that this is not a growing market that this is a closed market first off they're stupid you cannot believe in a zero-sum game and then look at the history of money wherein it started with none and is now trillions of of dollars and other currencies and and say oh yes well it's always been the same amount of money no it hasn't money is created by people creating things and there is always going to be as long as As individuals have the courage to create, there will always be more money because when you create something of value, that adds value to the world and that value translates into money that can be given back and forth to each other. So when you are writing a book, you are adding to the the gross world product. You are adding to, to the amount of actual value that exists in the world because you wrote a book. And if you write a lot of books, you are exponentially increasing the amount of money that exists just because you created something of value that did not exist before you have added worth to the world but to get back to where I was there are people who don't believe this they think that all the money that is is all the money that ever was and it's I think because they have never actually considered where money comes from but they think That if they crush other people, then there will be a bigger market for them. So they look at every other writer as competition, as someone to be belittled, to be humiliated, to be destroyed, to be pushed out of the arena so there's more room for them. The fallacy of this belief is that readers don't just read one writer. Readers read lots and lots of books, and really good readers, the ones that we all love to get. I, I think the Amazon term for them is whales. The guys who read five or six books a week or ten books a week or some god-awful number like that, which I used to do uh, because I could, because I had time. Um, these are the, the readers that everybody wants to get, but the only way you get these readers is by having lots and lots and lots of lots of books out there in genres that they like so that they have stuff to read because you can't write that fast. No matter how freaking fast you are, you cannot write 10 books a week to satisfy one whale reader. Well, plus whale readers tend to, even though they, they do have
0: like more varied taste, that doesn't mean that they're willing to read shit. Right. A, lot of, a lot of them you know still want decent books and you couldn't even write one book a week of quality stuff and revise it and put it out right you know so that there's just no way
1: right so and they are going to when we cooperate with each other when we discover that we have a genre that readers like and we are getting new readers and we are creating our own little group, the best thing we can do is find other writers who write the same kinds of things we do and throw our readers at those writers so that they have more stuff to read, so that they know that there are more things out there that that they can buy and love. And our job is just to do the best books we can and get them out there and then give our readers something magnificent enough that they want to stay with us and will love to buy the things that we write, but that they will also have people that, whose books we love that they can love too. Um, oh, you know, I, I'm going to just throw a writer's name out here. She's, she's one of the members of my site. She writes stuff that's a lot like mine. Her name is Barbara Lund, L-U-N-D. And she has this great In Space series going right now. And uh, I have read it, and I love it, and I recommend it. And you know, there, I have a bunch of other people on the site, other stuff that they're reading, uh, other stuff that I'm re- reading of theirs. But she is someone who my science fiction guys will like. Because her science fiction and my science fiction, they're not the same. But they click. So... This is something we can do for each other. We can, because we can't write enough books to keep even even relatively casual readers content. You know, and and uh, hey, i'm I'm gonna give it a run. I'm going four books a year, man. I think I can do that. But um, you know, people read a lot more than four books a year. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I want them to have fun things to read in the meantime. so I want to be nice to my readers, too. You know, I want to say, hey, phew, this person, that person, this other guy over there. Um, they're, they're just There's just so much we can do to help each other. And helping each other allows us to create a bigger body of enthusiastic readers, which means more new writers have a chance to get started. More intermediate writers have a chance to build a career that can pay them. More heavy writers have a chance to really make some serious money at this. You know, I'm, and I'm not there yet because I was focused wrong. I wasn't looking at, well, yeah, you can do four books a year. I was, I was looking at the old publishing model. And it, even the old publishing model was frustrating as crap. Um, I wasn't seeing the opportunities in the way things are now. And now I am. But even with four books a year. I cannot keep my writers, my readers, with enough cool stuff to read that I just that I can keep them all to myself, like some little Scrooge.
0: I mean, and and you wouldn't necessarily want that. I mean, the idea of the the things with with reading is when you read one good book, it's your sad ended, Sure, but you want to read another good book, you know, and that that's the thing is. Good books lead to more reading, leads to more books, leads to more reading. It's just. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and this yes. thing in what you're saying, what you're talking about, sharing other authors' works and talking about other authors, I think that there is, I don't know, in when I was writing erotica, it seemed to me like the. The field of erotic writers kind of understood more easily this concept of cooperation than most other authors, um, and so, and and it bleeds into the romance field too because our readers tend to be prolific readers. The erotica and romance reader is a voracious has a very voracious appetite and as romance and erotica writers tend to understand is, is that we can't keep up with that kind of, of, you know, just absolute hunger for the books. And I mean, you would see, This lady, um, for instance, would come into the library every single week and she would bring in two, uh, Walmart bags full of, you know, full of the books that she had to return and she would grab two more. And what pissed me off was the librarian would always talk shit about her because the, um, the topic of the books, the genre of the books, thinking if she could read that many in one week, why didn't she read, quote, good books? Oh, God. And this is a librarian. This is somebody who who is there to promote reading. And I was thinking, like, what the hell, man? At least she's not, you know, glued to the television with her stories. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or... I mean, this is an active, active thing. Right. This is a but woman that's who's keeping her point. mind active. Yeah. 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 That's besides the point. The, 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 that's, the, that's something that will always pop up is, is the, the snobbiness of, of people towards romance
1: and erotica. That's always going to pop up with me. But oh, um, science fiction writers get it too. It's mm-hmm. why, but, why don't you write something good? Why don't you write real literature? It's because never mind. I will move on from that point without getting snarky. But yes, um, it, it's any genre uh, is painfully uh, uh, susceptible to attacks from people who consider themselves non-genre readers. The 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 reader of a romance
0: novel, and I I know that this is different for or the, this can be the same, there are people that that read very, very um, actively in, in all genres, but it it seems to be that the romance novel, and you can see this in, in the, the publication models too, how, how they have so many different series out, and that so many different books every single season gets published in those series, and it's just this massive overturning of new products out there, and this this just that's I think that's how they can get away with paying so little for their authors too is because that's the attitude is you want more write more but <laughs> it 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 definitely seems to be that a lot of indie romance novelists that a lot of um indie erotic writers are supportive of each other and they do these little blog tours where they share you know the writing and and they do interviews and and it seems to to me to be a big part of that genre is the support of other authors.
1: Yeah, I like that. I've noticed yeah. that, and I think that kicks ass.
0: Yeah, so it's just something that we need to bring to the forefront of all all genres. Yeah, it needs to be a focus. Um, that just because somebody writes in the same genre as you or it's it's not competition it's it's helping it's it's helping keep our our job alive in my mind
1: yeah well you you figure we with everything that everybody can do that isn't reading uh, the people who read are a small percentage of the planet and it is our job to not allow them to become a smaller percentage, to give them enough stuff to, to feed their hunger, enough wonderful worlds for them to fall into and fall in love with that they tell other people who might not be readers, oh my god, you have to read this. That, that we give them good reasons to bring more readers into the field And that we do this ourselves by writing more stories, but also by helping other writers learn to be better writers because this is a case of the rising tide lifts all boats. If there are more good books out there, there will be more readers who find more good books who go, oh, okay, this was what I was looking for. This is the thing that I want to read. This is is where I want to spend my, my precious hard earned money and my precious irrecoverable time in this life. I want to spend it reading this stuff. And that's the, the, the person who does that for you, understand that that person is giving you a portion of his or her life, that they are giving that to what you have created. So it is your job to create something magnificent for them. And it is our job as writers to help each other get better, not by being dicks, not by being, being creative, by being destructive and by being um, uh, exclusionary, but by seeing that we are all in this together, that we are all trying to do something really difficult. We are trying to create worlds that people have never seen before, inhabited by people who exist only in our minds and we are attempting to make these real, magnificent, beautiful adventures that somebody else can step into, that they can read our minds, which is what fiction is. It is mind reading. It is mind reading that you can do across a, a year or 10 years or hundred years or 600 years. I read Chaucer when I was in <clears throat> 11th grade, or 12th grade, 11th grade, I think I read Chaucer Because my teacher made me. And I fell in love with the story of the Miller's Tale and the Reeves Tale and the story of the Wife of Bath, uh, which I remember to this day because they were real people who lived 600 years ago. And I could see them in my own time and understand. And That was the first time I ever understood that people 600 years ago were a lot like us. And that was that was a revelation. That was astounding. It made the past come to life for me. And it was it was it was a beautiful experience that has never slipped away from me. I remember it to this day. And I understood in that moment that I had read Chaucer's mind. That I was reading his thoughts. And that is what we're doing to to when we write fiction, that is what we're doing for each other. We are casting our thoughts in in concrete, like little footsteps on a concrete pathway that other people, when we are long gone, will be able to follow along and understand. <laughs> I had to stop there. I get a little teary-eyed. All right. So that's basically the thing here. We can cooperate, we can compete, but competing hurts all of us, and cooperating helps all of us.
0: Yeah. So, did you? Is there anything else that you want to, to say before we get to the takeaway or anything like that?
1: I, I th- well, okay, yeah, a little bit. Uh, I kind of got off my notes here, and I haven't mentioned yet that every the that every new author has the potential to open up or create new genres, um, that, that you get to bring what matters to you into whatever genre you're writing, and you get to make that your version of that genre. And what you do and how you do it differently opens paths for other writers to come in. And yeah, I, remember, I remember when the high-heeled um, urban witch thing was new where you know the, you had the the um, the very first books came out with these sort of tough girl urban gunslinger witches who were uh, going around fighting vampires and and uh, other creatures of the night and it was really cool and it was new and fresh and then people who read that and liked it a lot of them copied it, but some of them went, you know that's really cool, but what if I took that and twisted it this way a little bit and took it off in that direction, and they created a new genre? And there are an infinite number of genres that it is possible to create because there, there is, life is infinite. I mean, individual life isn't, unfortunately. But the life itself is this, this thing with that is absolutely all possibility. And you have to figure out which possibilities matter to you. And then you write them down and you open up new doors that other people can walk through and then find places beyond those doors where they can open their own doors. So we benefit from reading each other's work. We benefit from expanding our horizons. We benefit from discovering... Um, more than what we knew before. And this is, it's the reason I read about 70% nonfiction and about 30% fiction these days, is because I want to be able to take my readers in places they haven't been. And, you know, I've been a lot of places, but I haven't been everywhere. So, um, this allows me to be more places. Uh, and then from that also, um, I think basically that's about it. Uh, that, that I uh, I hit most of the notes without without having to refer to the notes. So
0: well, like I said, it's it's a topic that <clears throat> you are passionate about and have always been very passionate about. So yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised that you didn't really need your notes. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess go ahead and give us the takeaway. And again, for anybody listening, the takeaway is just a, a summary to remind you of the important notes of of. The episode. So okay,
1: the summary for this, and and this in this is for all writers, no matter where you are on the the food chain, from just getting started to whale at the top. Don't be a dick. Uh, that's that's Will Wheaton's Wheaton's law, right there. Don't Ugh. just. I like him. I Ugh. like him. I think he's smart and funny. And, and I didn't didn't like him in Star Trek, but. But I like him as a person. I think he's very cool. Uh, encourage new readers. Encourage new writers. Share knowledge and discoveries. And finally, write with joy and a sense of adventure. Make sure that when you are telling a story, you love the story you're telling. Don't write something because you think you need to or because you think it's appropriate or because you think it's... it's. Um, it would, it would make your mother happy. <laughs> um, don't, don't write something to fit somebody else's ideal. Write to, to let the people in your head, those wonderful invisible people in your head, leap out and come alive on the stage that you create, in the world that you create, and make your little footprints in the wet cement that people will follow behind.
0: Okay, so um, that has been our topic on competition versus cooperation between writers. Obviously, um, there are a lot of people affected by this in our communities. So, um, you know, again, you can always leave a comment on the blog alonewithinvisiblepeople.com. But this really is more of a community kind of discuss, you know, you can air out your grievances or you can... Um, find the community that won't be a dick With at hollyswritingclasses.com exactly and without naming names you are welcome to tell your horror stories um, yeah we don't we don't call people out we no. don't yeah the, the post will be deleted yes so make sure that you use a fake name um, not for yourself and for, yeah, for anybody no. <laughs> who was in fact an asshole yeah so um, if you want you can join absolutely 100% free forums at hollieswritingclasses.com. Just look for the episode titled um, competition versus cooperation between writers and come on in and um, let us know what you've had to go through or you know your own feelings on the topic because, you know, hollieswritingclasses.com previously all of these other sites that Holly's <laughs> had to work through has always been kind of like this haven for writers where where they could be safe and, and be themselves. And it's, it's one of those places where we really do support each other. Um, you can follow us on the socials at AIARWIP on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow us on Facebook it is alone with invisible alone in a room with invisible people we're on again Podbean, stitcher spotify itunes YouTube. Castbox. we're all over the place yeah. so if you um hit that subscribe button it helps you know you can follow us on youtube you can subscribe and click the bell for notifications of the next podcast those kind of numbers apparently help us i'm not sure how um <laughs> we do have an, we have a patreon for the alone in a room with invisible people so if you would like to join and um kind of support the podcast on a monthly basis that is an option we do have one reward it should be ready for um I guess march and if you would like to support the podcast but not on a monthly basis we have an option for that as well Alone alonewithinvisiblepeople.com on the top right there is a drop down menu and you can support us in one of uh, three different tiers if you would like to support holly that is also supporting the podcast so you can buy her fiction um, amazon smashwords kobo just just look up Holly Lyle and, you know, lots of, lots of places. You can support her by purchasing her courses or classes as well. And that is at hollyswritingclasses.com. Hit the shop and there is just all sorts of stuff there. Or you can become a patron at her Patreon. Again, Holly, H-O-L-L-Y Lyle, L-I-S-L-E. And she has three tiers. You can follow her and support her fiction writing. And if you need to contact us for any reason, you can write us at show at com. So that has been our episode today. Um, again, it it's an important topic. We We definitely don't want to see anybody shit on by negative, horrible people. And if you have had those experiences and it stopped you from writing, um, you have a community in HollysWritingClasses.com. Don't let some better angry person destroy the good in you. And if the good in you is a writer, you know you got to protect that. You're one of us. Yeah,
1: yeah. If you if if you want to write, if you want to read. That, too. We, we love our readers, obviously. If you want to write, we protect our writers. So we are and will remain a safe place for writers. And uh, I welcome you.
0: And now, a word from our sponsor.
1: You want to write? You love words, you love fiction, but you don't know where to start or how to middle or where to finish? I do. I'm Holly Lyle, and I've been doing this professionally since 1991, and I know how I did what I did to go pro, and I'll be happy to show you what I've learned. Start with my free three-week flash fiction class at hollyswritingclasses.com.